Hello and welcome to Shame Spiral. I'm Ellie Kremendahl, a psychotherapist turned comedian, and this is the podcast where I low-key use my therapy skills to interview guests about all things shame. I was so excited to spiral out this week with Xander Boker. Now, okay, Xander is one of the stars of The Ultimatum Queer Love, which recently came out on Netflix and took the queer internet and world by storm. It's so incredibly watchable, psychologically fascinating incredible. We're all hungry for representation and we got it. I watched the show in a fever dream. I just devoured it. So Xander obviously has a full other life besides being one of the cast members of this show. They are a physical therapist, which is really cool. And they have a pretty new business that they recently launched where they're providing physical therapy and yoga online. So you can go check that out on Xander's website, movewithzan.com. And Xan is with an X, X-A-N. You can also follow Xander on Instagram and TikTok at xander.ology. Now I want to give you all a little background about the ultimatum queer love because while listening back to the episode, I realized that at no point did we discuss really like exactly what it is. If you haven't seen it, I realized I was kind of just operating on the basis of like, clearly everybody has seen this show, <laughs> but really quickly, uh, it's a show on Netflix called The Ultimatum. There was one other season with straight couples before this one that recently came out that is all queer couples. And the, the basic premise is a handful of couples come on the show because one person has issued an ultimatum that they either have to get married or they need to break up. And the other person, you know, has not as of yet given an answer. So that's the starting place. And then the couples all engage in like dating each other, ultimately to the end of picking another partner from the batch and going and spending three weeks having a trial marriage with that person. And then after their trial marriage to the new partner, they go back to their original partner, but obviously all kinds of wildness ensues. Xander and I talked a lot in this episode about how like the show was kind of pitched as therapeutic and then that seemed kind of negligible, but then it kind of was accidentally therapeutic, whether the producers meant it to be or not. Um, so that's the show. Xander is so real and lovely on the show. I gave them full credit within our conversation. Like you really, I thought, kept your side of the street clean, which is is so hard to do, I'm sure, on a reality show because we all have horrible moments. But yeah, kudos to Xander. I really, really enjoyed talking with them. It was a conversation kind of around this reality TV experience that I don't think I've ever heard anyone have before in terms of the real interiority of what it was like. So it was such a treat to talk to them about it. And my shame spiral check-in for this week. It's kind of, it's a little nebulous and hard to explain, but I've been really overwhelmed lately. Just like so much going on with my 
all of my jobs and comedy and family stuff. We don't really have childcare over the summer. Um, and I was just kind of in just like a constant state of overwhelm for a while. And that was coming out in my behavior and how I was existing in an everyday way. And my partner just kind of called me on it this week and was like, you've been overwhelmed for like months and it's affecting everybody and there's nothing wrong with your feelings, but can you be aware of sort of how you're showing up? And at first I was just kind of like, what? Like, how dare you sort of say that it's not okay for me to be overwhelmed? But then when I thought about it more, I was like, yeah, that's not what he's saying. He's just saying like, is there a way for me to kind of work on what's going on with me and be mindful of how I'm, that I'm not just like vomiting all my overwhelm all over the family and being like a dark storm cloud. So I felt kind of ashamed that I had been doing that and also that I didn't respond generously at first, although ultimately I did apologize and really make an effort to change my behavior. And you know what? I feel better. Isn't that wild how like if you actively kind of shift your mindset and you're like, I'm going to sort of engage more, not positively, because I hate all that, like all the associations that come with positively, but, but just like, as though, as though everything is not just like a panic and a tragedy, because in reality, like it wasn't, I was just overwhelmed with work, which does not have to be that serious. Okay. That's it. That's all for me. I am so excited to share this episode with Xander with you. Go watch The Ultimatum Queer Love. If you haven't, you will love it. You will thank me. You will love Xander even more than you already do from having listened to this episode. So let's start spiraling with Xander Boker. Shame burning in my brain. Always in a frame. And I've only myself to blame Shame Wishing I could forget my name And crawl back up from where I came I'm going down the spiral once again The shame spiral Okay, I just first have to tell you Huge fan of the ultimatum <laughs> <laughs> obviously like how I knew of you and such a delight to have queer representation in this way and yeah, I'm, I'm sure you have a lot of complicated feelings about it but I just feel it needs to be said that I loved it <laughs> I appreciate that so much I'm I'm so thankful for the like love and support that I've received thus far I just you know I had no idea like how it was going to be, per- be perceived and I just feel like I've gotten just this wave of love and it just feels like this like huge hug from like not only like the queer community, but like everyone. Wow, really? Yeah, which is I just I don't know, maybe I'm just like still have like my rose colored glasses on. We're like, everyone loves me, but <laughs> it just it just it feels that way. Like I haven't really received yeah. too much like negativity from it. You know what? I feel like that. That's beautiful to hear. And I'm so glad to hear it, especially because I know from personal experience, and I'm sure you've been like just thrown into this like full throttle that the internet can be such an unkind place. And so to hear that you've been met with 
like generosity and love primarily is wonderful. And I will say, I think that's a testament to the fact that you like had your side of the street pretty clean in the show. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, you like, I feel like you moved through it, at least what we saw. And I'm guessing they would be more likely to like mine for the bad parts, but mm-hmm. with integrity. So it's like not a surprise really that people are responding to that. Yeah. I appreciate, I appreciate you saying that. I think I also feel in a way fortunate because I think that my story and everything that was involved with that people find very relatable in the same way. So like that's what another, like what I'm receiving is just so many messages of how people feel. They're like, Oh, I was in your shoes or like my sister was in your shoes. And like, it's like, it's nice to like feel like that we're all kind of in this together. Like they, we all have like differences in our lives, but we're also like, we're all kind of trying to figure this, this thing out like in life. Definitely. Just this whole person shit. It's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so true. I think your story did. It makes sense to me that it would really hit a chord with people because we've, I think most people have kind of been in struggling with the kind of moment that it seemed like you were in. Mm-hmm. And obviously everyone projects their own idiosyncratic particularities onto that, like what they see in you. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it is very relatable. I'm yeah. glad to hear that. But now yeah. on to the shame. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. um, so, I mean, well, how do you feel right now? I mean, you agreed to come on here. You told me before we started recording, this is only like the second podcast you've ever done. Mm-hmm. So how do you feel knowing that I'm about to ask you a bunch of questions about shame? Honestly, thrilled about it. I did not know that I was going to be able to like tap into this because I've been on to what I mean, I think that everyone has their own journey, but I just feel like I've been on the most beautiful, heartbreaking, like crazy journey this past year and a half, like since the show. So I feel it's very validating. It's very validating to feel like I get the chance to share that with others and hopefully be able mm. to again, have the opportunity for people to um, connect and, and share like those similarities that like, we're all in this together in a way. So yeah. I'm, I'm thrilled about it. I, I feel like since going on the show, which was very uncomfortable for me, it was, I think it was very obvious, I would say in the first four episodes to me, because um, it's not something that I would have ever done. It's way outside of my personality. So once I was there and did it, I was like, oh, like this is this is the hardest thing I've ever put myself through. And then now, ever since then, I'm just like, give me all the hard things. I, I don't want anything else other than that. <laughs> like now that you've gone through that, you're just kind of game and ready in this different way. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. That's so interesting. That's really wild what you're saying about it not really being a thing that would be a norm for you to be like, yeah, I'll do that. And mm-hmm. then once you're there, being kind of like, uh oh, like now I'm in this. I had that thought while watching because I also feel like I feel, even though I am like a public person in certain ways, like I, I 
can't imagine ever going on reality TV. And there was there was a moment when like my partner and I were reached out to about like queer and trans family, like want to like be in our thing and like we'll we'll watch we'll videotape your family. And I was like, fuck no. Like fuck mm-hmm. no. It was so which different levels because of children. Like I'm like, I can't, I I have a lot of feelings about people like commodifying their children in that way on social media. Mm-hmm. But that being said, my whole point was that I had a moment, I had a thought when I was watching you. And I think I had this same thought about Ray where it was clear to me. I was like, I don't feel that these people would be like, I cannot wait to go on reality television. <laughs> I just had that feeling. And then it reminded me of like, when I got pregnant for the first time, it was like so hard, you know, your IVF and like when you're a queer family, it's a lot. And then so that was the focus. But then once I was really pregnant and it was so to the point where it was I was gonna stay pregnant and the kid was gonna happen. I remember it's not going anywhere now. Yeah. Like I was like, oh no. Like I uh oh. Like they're they're, in there. (laughs) Like there is no turning back now. And that might (laughs) seem like a really silly comparison, but that came to my mind. Did you feel something like that? Like t- to a T and like, not only, not only did I, was it way, I mean, it was outside of all of our comfort zones because none of us really knew to a full extent what we were getting into. But the other thing is I'm just, I had to binge watch Love is Blind because I don't watch TV. And so you I don't, don't even know. No, I know it's very weird, but I don't watch reality TV. So I'm like, I, I've I've told people before, I'm like, not only did I not know what was going on, I just had no, I didn't understand storylines. I didn't understand character arcs. I didn't understand any of that stuff. So me going in, I was, I was like, oh, this is what's happening now. Oh, oh, like just complete shock. I'm like, if anyone thought that I looked shocked, it was very genuine because I was. <laughs> you did look shocked. Yeah. Oh my God, that is so endearing. Wait a second. Please tell me that you had watched the first ultimatum before you agreed to do it. No. So (gasps) it was not, no, it wasn't out yet. So, no. Yeah. It was like after, I think it was once we, it wasn't, it was like three or four months after we got home that did the first ultimatum come out. And I was like, I already, not gonna lie I did already know I was like oh our story is gonna be way different than this even though it's a st- it's the same premise in a way but yeah nope mm-mm. Well, no I had not seen that well that's not your fault because it wasn't out I, I feel right. like that's that's fair. yeah it's like I get oh yeah a little grace for that <laughs> You you get a t- you also get grace for the whole thing. I mean, it's like it's a different level because it's publicly memorialized in perpetuity. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there are so many choices you make in your life and in relationships when you're young, where you're kind of like, yeah, like sure, I'll do that. Mm-hmm. And then later, you're like, what was I even present in that decision? Like, absolutely. That's how. That's how I originally moved to New York City. Like, I don't even think I thought, I realized years later when I was like 30, yeah, I was like, I don't even think I thought about if I wanted to move to New York City. I was just like, my girlfriend wants to, and and as do I. But I didn't really, you know? A, 
a thousand percent. And also I will say like, I feel like that can be something that happens in queer relationships at the same time. Cause we're like, Oh, this is like, we're, I feel like in a way we are so committed and we're like, this is my person. Oh, they want to go here. I'm, I'm with them. I'm here for that. Like to, to a fault almost. <laughs> to a fault. Well, I think it's really complicated because no one teaches you about like, I think the kids now on TikTok, whatever, are getting a lot more information, which is great. Exactly. No one ever taught me about the difference between like, what is lo- what is showing up for someone in partnership and what is codependence? Like, mm-hmm. no one, I didn't even hear the word codependence until I was at midway through college. You know what I mean? Yes. No one talks about that. You don't know. You're going blind. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, oh I God. I got my bachelor in psychology. So like, I was like, oh, that's not me. That's not me. Like, you know, like, but when I show up in a relationship, I did realize that I do have codependency, like tendencies. So, yeah. Don't we all? (laughs) Right? Yeah. It's really hard. Yes. I have so many questions for you. It's like painting me. Like, do you, okay. So how, I just need, how did you decide to go on the show when so, it isn't something that you would normally do. Yeah. So that's a, that's such a great question. And that's something that I, I had to process a lot too. And I would, I will say like things have come in chunks. Like I'm still processing a lot of stuff, of course. Um, But there wasn't as much space for me to do a lot of this processing while I was on the show. Cause we filmed so much um, and also there's like this stranger that I was living with to an, to an extent. Um, but so when I, I remember specifically, it reminded me actually when you said, when you were telling your story, because I came home from work one day and Vanessa was like, she had always been like, she was like a, she had a, a big Instagram account that mainly was um, showing her and I's relationship and everything. So she was very like extroverted. Like it was in her personality. Like she wanted to become an actress as well. So okay. she's like, Oh, like I got, I have this thing. And she explained it to me. And I, the exact words out of my mouth was fuck no. And I went in the room and I changed clothes and I was like, so what's for dinner? Like the conversation was done. Like mm-hmm. there was not going to be anything else about it. And then she like slowly keeps like, getting me a little bit more and then she's like can we just go like this is really important to me like can we just go on this like interview I'm like I I mean I feel like I am like one big like I'm big for compromise and stuff and so I we did the interview and it was directed in the way or is pitched I guess in the way where they were like because we really we really were honestly in that situation where I felt like I was ready to take the next step. And she was not like, she had told me straight up that she wasn't. So she was honest in that, but the show was pitched in a way where they were like, Oh, well, you're going to be getting therapy. And like, this is not, this is a different reality show. This is like something that you're going to be like, the goal is for you guys to work together. Like the goal is not for you guys to not be together. The goal is for us to like move forward and like figure out like what you need. And then I get there. <gasps> I get there. Wait a second. Yes. They did not clarify that premise in between then and when you got there. So eventually it did. But like it was over a span of 
Okay, so from the time that she first asked me until we went on the show, which I didn't know that we were going on the show until exactly like one week before we flew to San Diego to film. So, yeah, and that was a whole thing, too. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I know. This is... (laughs) This is so gonna fucked get, up. I'm going to give you all the tea. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucked up, yeah. But, um, oh my God. So there was, yeah, from, I want to say April until the end of August. That was, like, that time in between where we would, like, get trickles of information because they didn't want to tell us everything because they didn't know if we were going to be casted for it. So, yeah. But here's the, mm-hmm. here's the, my ultimate thing that I haven't told anyone, no one yet, except for my friends is I get, we get there and I'm like, um, excuse me. Uh, I thought that we were going to be getting therapy. I'm kind of like losing my shit over here. And they were like, "Mm," which is also fine. Like, but it's like the creator of the show is this heterosexual cis white man. And he tells me, he says, Oh, this is a therapeutic experience. And I'm like looking around, I'm like, where's the clinical psychologist around here? I need some help. Oh my God. Yes. So they flat out, they lied to you guys. I mean, I mean, yeah, it feels, it felt like it in that moment. And I just like, I didn't have anyone to turn to, you know, I, I, my partner was already my, my safety net who I came with was not an option anymore. Right. So. Oh my God. That's so rough and intense. (laughs) Yeah. That's just so intense. Oh my God. Um, I mean, do you, so do you have any shame like around making the choice or like at any point kind of like sticking with the choice, like even just leading up to actually being there? So leading up to being there, yes, because Vanessa and I were in a really, we didn't go into the show on, in a, on a great foot, I would say. She had actually, and I will say like, she doesn't like for me to like share this necessarily, but she had actually left for three weeks. Um, And she, it was like, not like as if she was like, I'm leaving. Like she had things that she was doing, but I wasn't part of those plans. So like, Uh that's what was like very evident to me where I was like, oh, our relationship is ending. Like she's making all these plans and I'm not involved in her future at all like whereas Mm -hmm. I I am very future oriented and I like to think about that things but I will always I just can't imagine not including the person I'm like living with and that I've been with for years in on those plans um so she was she was actually gone when we found out that we were on the show and I was like I don't know if we should do this anymore like this doesn't feel this doesn't feel like that we're on the same page anymore um and I remember talking to my friends about it. Well, you know, we, as true, like two lesbian relationship, like a relationship, like we had the same friends. So I'm like in the hot tub <laughs> with my friends and I'm like, we're either going to like make it through and it's going to be this like very beautiful story or we're going to have the most epic breakup on national television. So yeah, I just feel like shame wise, like I I did, I knew that I was not going into this with the best mm. headspace. And then once I got there, I I did, I really struggled during the week of dating. We were in a hotel like by ourselves and I hadn't spent that much time away as much like by myself, truly. 
And of course, like when you're silent and you're by yourself, that's when all of your thoughts start turning on and your mind's just going. So I think that was definitely happening with all of us, but yeah, I, I just felt myself starting to sink further down, like where I didn't know, I didn't know how to get out of this. And I was like, I had made a decision one night where I was like, I have to keep pushing through this. And like, I'm here, like make the most of it, get like, get something out of this. Like this, this is, we don't want the, I don't want to like look back and this be wasted time. Mm-hmm. So then I just kind of like kept trying to move forward with that. But I definitely like, yeah, I feel like I felt a lot of shame for like being there and feeling like, I guess just like feeling like that I didn't have a good head on my shoulders at that time, which is like yeah. fine. Cause I realized later down the road that all of us were in kind of in the same boat. Right. But that was very like yeah. me, 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 like I'm not here, like in, in a good spot. But it makes sense that you would want to be, especially with going into a really difficult experience and then having cameras in your face the entire time. Like the thought mm-hmm. of being unmoored feels mm-hmm. so scary in that context. Definitely. Yeah. But they want you to be unmoored for the television. That's like the fucking trick of it, right? Exactly. And that was that really hard too? Like, if, so you guys were already in a hard place and then you had to get there and like shoot these like, talky scenes where you're like I can't wait to get married (laughs) like but you kind of already knew maybe you shouldn't get married yeah because like I just felt so much and I think also like once I was there and we were having to go through those scenarios listening to her say things which I'm not saying that she's like she didn't somewhere in her heart like feel that like I know that she loved me and everything but hearing her say things like that, there was, I feel like she was giving me false hope from the beginning where it was like, Mm -hmm. Oh, like maybe we'll like work this out. Like maybe we'll do this. And like, I don't believe a word you're saying. And I hate feeling that Mm -hmm. way. Like, I don't want to be sitting next to you on this couch while like what you're saying, like, while there's like all these cameras around me and feel like that the person that I want to trust the most is like not being honest. So yeah, that's such a bad feeling. Yeah. So, yeah, so, like, that's, that's, like, uh, that's, like, where, like, things started to, like, unravel, I will say. And I think that it's, I mean, of course, like, there's so much footage, but it was, uh, to me, it felt evident where I was, like, oh, that felt real. Like, that, I could see myself unraveling, especially away from her. Mm. Unraveling, just, like, in what way? Um, I feel like, I think, like, when because we had lived together for four years and we traveled a lot together because I was doing travel physical therapy so she would like bop around with me um and so we would that's kind of like what formed our like quote-unquote like codependency in a way because we were like oh we're gonna like make the same friends and we're gonna do the same things like because we're traveling together um and once I had got that space away from her and started just things started become a lot more apparent and like the words that she was saying weren't, you know, I was realizing more so that they weren't matching her actions and, and I like, everything was just like, Oh, like things make so much more sense now that I've had this time and space alone to like think and kind of start to be 
real and like honest with myself even and be a little bit more present. Yeah. It's kind of wild. It's like in a way the show was a therapeutic process okay, in that yes. way. <laughs> yes. I like have, it did give you that, that you needed. It did. It really did. Like I've had so many mind, I'm telling you, I love that you just said that. I've had so many mind blowing things. I'm like, I don't know if they meant, I, I, I really truly think they meant to just do this like production, this like amazing reality show, but like, whoa, they like blew my mind because they were like, this is a therapeutic experience. I'm like, oh, but you weren't, you actually weren't lying at the same time. Yeah. It did yeah. feel, it felt funky before, but that I, I actually like did this like video a few weeks ago on my birthday where I was saying basically like the show being on the show was a therapeutic experience. The time after was a therapeutic experience and then after watching myself on television was another therapeutic experience. So yes. just like there's so many layers to the growth, which is, I, I yeah. can't, I don't know. I can't be more thankful for that. But that's incredible. It's kind of just like whether the producers intended it to be therapeutic or not. I feel like it's just one of those things where like if you're sort of primed for growth and you mm -hmm. need something to push you like it's mm -hmm. almost like so many projective things can help facilitate that. And so it was exactly. just like you were open to it and then it actually gave you what you needed, even though it was in a really wild, <laughs> extreme way. But now I wouldn't take it, any of it back at all. Like I feel, no, like not, a, I wouldn't change a single thing because mm -hmm. I feel so, I feel so thankful for what I've learned and I and I also feel very appreciative because I feel like being I live in, like in Hawaii so it's kind of like further away from everyone um mm. I'm I'm not really I don't fit, fortunately I didn't get like too like wrapped up in like like I didn't go back to like dating or doing that stuff like I really gave myself like the time so I just feel so appreciative that I had the space to do all of this healing in this journey fortunately I, I, I had a job so like I was my finances were okay. Like I had family support. I had friend support. I had a lot of things that like set me up well. So like yeah. it was, it definitely wasn't just like me by any means. That's great. Yeah. Like you had resources around you to help you stay grounded in exactly. the aftermath. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause I could see it really going another way. Like if mm -hmm. you don't, which isn't really, it's not like a character thing. Like I think it's about resources and it scaffolding. Is. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like I had, I've done, I've been in therapy every week since then. Like I, we, we did end up at like all of us as a group ended up like advocating for ourselves and, and the, um, the production team, like they did end up covering therapy for us for, Oh, good. I don't know what it was. It was like 10 sessions or something on the show, which was great mm -hmm. and, and very needed. 10 sessions while you were doing the show. I, th I think it was, I think it was 10 sessions on the show. And I want to say that they gave us 10 after two or something like that, but okay. it was, it was, it was like a good, it was a good like effort for them. And I'm happy that yeah. they did that. I'm happy that you, you all advocated for yourselves and that they gave you something. That's good. Yes. Yes. Shame spiral. 
Hello, Shamespire listeners. This is your humble audio engineer, Sarah Gabrielli, and I'm here to tell you about my podcast, Cruising. Cruising is about my road trip to each of the last lesbian bars in the U.S. Did you know that there are less than 25 left in the entire country? Each episode of Cruising is a standalone documentary about one of the bars on our trip. You'll meet charming characters. I literally didn't know I was gay. I didn't know. I had no idea. I called myself dopey like I was in line and I was just like doop 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 going through life. You'll learn about queer history. All these nuns would come out on roller skates and water guns, do all this crazy stuff, jump back in the van and drive off. And we'll explore some pretty big questions. How would you define lesbian bar in 2021? Like, what do you think the parameters are for getting on this list of 20 bars that are left? To learn more, stream season one of Cruising wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so we're going to play the shame game. I'm going to present you a couple scenarios hypothetical that I want you to consider which scenario would make you have a bigger shame spiral. Perfect. And then we can talk about like why and, um, and they're, they're still, they're kind of related to this whole process that you've just gone through. Yeah. Okay. So here's one. So you're at like a concert or something like that and you meet this girl and you like really vibe, like it's one of those kind of soul connection feelings Mm-hmm. very, very big, big feelings. And you have such a good time. And you're kind of like, she she doesn't mention the ultimatum or anything. And then you're just kind of like, look, I just, I'm like having the best time ever. I feel like you should know that I just did this thing. You'll probably find out about it if you Google me or whatever. <laughs> and, um, and she's like, whatever, that's cool. Like I, I, thanks for telling me. And I can't overemphasize that you're having like the best night of your life. Like you're like, this is like, this is so special. And then you're texting, whatever. And then like a couple of days later, she just kind of ghosts you. And you're like, what mm. the fuck? And then she finally reaches out and she's like, I watched the show and like, I just, I can't deal with this. Like, I just, I can't deal. And she doesn't even explain why, like if it's something that she saw that you said or did or if it's just the fact of dating someone who's a public presence now mm-hmm. nothing and then that's it and mm-hmm. it's over and you have to deal with that okay so that's scenario one okay scenario two okay so you this is this one's so horrible that i feel guilty giving it to you but <laughs> i'm gonna trust that you're okay <laughs> but it's made up you're awesome it's made up <laughs> So you're a physical therapist. And so you have a long time patient that you have a good connection with. You've been helping her for like years with chronic health stuff. Mm-hmm. And you love her. It's a good, it's a good vibe. And she watches the show and she's just like, I cannot be seen by you anymore. And you're like, what the f- like what? And you try to like you've known her for so long that you try to like have a conversation with her about it. And she's just like, no. And she like, really, it triggered something for her clearly. Cause she like calls your boss and she's like, this is fucked up. Like Xander should not be practicing. Like how can they be a, a 
professional physical therapist on reality TV. And then leaves a Yelp review that's really shitty. And it all gets attention. Like it all kind of makes an internet splash. And let me be clear in saying that you did nothing wrong, though. You did nothing wrong in either scenario, but it's just about which one would make you even more spirally and why. I... I'm just so appreciative of this. It's like you're in my head because I really have pl- <laughs> I have played out these scenarios to an exhaustive degree. <laughs> oh my god! Well, I have to confess. I mean, okay, so you know my background is as a therapist, <laughs> right? And I feel that I really exploit those skills on this podcast. <laughs> Which, as you should, as you should. (laughs) And because I'm a therapist, I will say, like, with the second one, like, I have had that fear myself. I mean, I haven't been on a reality show, but I have a lot of, like, crazy content out there Mm. and that I stand behind. But I have a fear of something like that happening because I still have a very small practice as my day job. So, yeah. Okay. But I'm so glad you resonate. So what do you, what do you so think? <laughs> okay, which one would I have more shame about? Okay, I don't know. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to go with something and then you can and then I can actually try and choose as well. But okay. I will okay. I will say I am an overthinker, which uh is has been helpful for me in a lot of ways because mm-hmm. I think about so many of these scenarios and I have thought about so many of these scenarios. Um, and I think that this past year and a half, I, that was one of, I anticipated that these scenarios would happen. And like, those are very legitimate things. Um, Mm -hmm. I will say that's also why, uh, one reason why I chose, I kind of chose not to date or really like intermingle myself with too many new people or let them in on my life necessarily because I didn't want to give them like, I don't know, like, like it's like false sense of hope. So I guess maybe Mm. I, I think in a way I would probably feel like that the first scenario would make me feel more shameful, mainly because that as a physical therapist, I'm kind of gotten to the point now where I'm like, if you don't want to see me like, cool, peace. Like I'll find someone else kind of thing. But when I, like, I'm such a, like, a I don't know, people, like, I'm like a lot, like a lover where I feel like I'm so looking for the person that I want to be with. And like, when yeah. I feel those connections, they mean so much to me. So mm-hmm. that would, that would really break my heart to feel like that I really made an amazing connection and that this person was like, Nah, I don't, I can't do this, which is also understandable, but I, I, I feel like this past year and a half with me anticipating a lot of these scenarios, I've grounded so deeply in my true self and have Mm -hmm. worked a lot like alongside with my therapist and feeling grounded in that so that, and I have so many tools, fortunately, that I go back to often to ground myself again So it's, I feel like if, and and to a degree, like both of these situations have actually already happened. (laughs) So yeah, to an extent. Yeah. Okay. So, (laughs) 
So I feel like I I had in these similar ish moments, I've stayed grounded in myself. I use my tools around me and things um, to feel like whatever person was in my life at before the show, if they don't choose to be in this next chapter in this new journey with me, that's okay. And I just have Mm -hmm. to let that go because whoever does decide to be along this like wild ride of a wave that I'm in, I want to like welcome that, but I also respect everyone's boundaries and feeling like that it's too much for them. Cause it's like, Mm -hmm. sometimes it feels too much for me too, but I'm like, I'm already here though. Yeah. Yeah. You can't go back. I'm like, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that makes so much sense. And I feel like that's so healthy to have that perspective. And it's true. Like, I mean, that's the kind of heartbreaking thing about the the like dating scenario. Like when I imagine the concert and all that, that I also am kind of like a lover like that that would kill me because I would be like, I've ruined the possibility to have met the love of my life like that kind (laughs) of thing but the truth is that they're not the love of your life if they mm-hmm. were scared off by that they're just not so it's kind of like the universe is just doing what it needs to do it's protecting exactly. you from that you know what i mean and the person who is like someone that would be really beautiful to be with mm-hmm. would hang out and even if they have some feelings about it you know what i mean so that's great that you're kind of adopting that perspective and that it's helping you take care of yourself in all of this. Yeah. It's like a, sometimes it feels like a healthy unattachment in a way. It's like, Mm. I, cause I think that I used to attach myself so much, so much to like, like you're saying like um, clients or stuff that I felt like, Oh, we're like really vibing. We're connecting. We've worked together for a long time. I can only imagine, you know, like that I'm going to get to have this person like in my life, like after I'm working with them or like with a potential romantic or a friendship. But at the same time, if something happens or if our paths decide to like split ways, like that's also something I have, like it hurts. And it is not yeah. like the most fun thing to go through, but it's also like, that's also, I don't know. Like now I'm just like, oh, it's part of life. Like, like yeah. I enjoyed my time with you really loved it I'm gonna take those memories and like feel good about it but I understand that you need to go this way I'm gonna go this way that is such a hard lesson to learn I feel like my my entire 20s was typified by chasing people down Mm -hmm. and trying to like get them to love me who were giving me these strongest signals in the fucking world that they were never gonna do that and it, I, not until my 30s, literally, was I kind of like, oh, if this person is like basically unavailable to me in all of these ways, that is a clear no, even if they're not saying no. So why the fuck would I keep trying to get to ch- them to change their minds? You know? So true. That's like exactly what I learned. And I feel like, I mean, honestly, Vanessa was like the biggest testament to that because I, Tiff and Mildred, they had like shared that they had broken up a lot of times. Vanessa and I did too. Like we dated for four years, but there were so many times where she was basically like, I I would, I'm going to say like, like threatening to like leave or like whatever. Mm -hmm. And I definitely had the whole, 
um, abandonment issues. He was like, I hundred percent had that. Um, so okay. I would do exactly what you're saying where I'd be like, you know, I tried to stay on my ground for a little bit. Cause I'm like trying to be this like new, like I was very like new, newly queer. And I'm like, I'm going to be this like tough lesbian. And then I was like, no, wait, I need, I need you. I need you to stay. And then I would like beg her. And it was just, yeah. that's the roller coaster that we were on for a while. So yeah, like I think once all of that became apparent to me, like you're saying, like what in your 30s, because that's when it really it, it shifted for me as well. And I was like, oh, okay, I see that. I don't want to do that anymore because it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good to be on that roller coaster, and it also like never feels good to try and ask someone to stay when they're telling you that they don't want to, whether they're telling you verbally or like with their actions. It's like. Like you're saying, it's like a, they're not available. It feels so bad. So bad. Do you want to hear a fucked up story, which is that? Yes, please tell me. <laughs> my sort of 20s girlfriend that was kind of like this, she broke up with me all the time. And then I would always like beg her to get back together with me. And sometimes I succeeded by acting like I didn't care. And then she would come back and it was like, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I remember the last time we broke up, I was like, as usual, begging for her, like literal begging with no fucking self-respect, just like Mm -hmm. begging her. And truly it was because I was terrified to be by myself. And I, Mm -hmm. my identity was so wrapped up in her that I didn't know who I was without her. I needed her to leave me for the love of God. But Mm -hmm. as I was begging her for the first time ever, I heard a voice very loud in my head that said, just let this happen. Just let this happen this time. <laughs> and I was outright to that voice like, no, I will not. <laughs> but it was like, <laughs> it was like I knew, you know, and then that last break- breakup after it happened, I didn't fight for her back anymore. But like, it's so, it's so dark, those it's, dynamics. It's a hard cycle to break. I mean, just like with any of the those patterns you know it's like and I I mean I feel the same way I think like to a degree it like comes from like stubbornness too where I'm like no I'm gonna fight for this to the end like yeah yeah, yeah. Like, but why why I are know. you doing that to yourself like I decide when this suffering is like, over okay yeah, exactly <laughs> like like I'm gonna get some trophy at the end like no oh my good god oh that's so crazy okay So I asked you to bring a particular shame story, like involving this whole experience. Do you have one in mind? Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. So again, like not many people get the opportunity to like watch themselves in one period and chapter of their lives. Right. So at the reunion, which we filmed a year after airing. So we filmed it this past January of 2023. So I was definitely, and I know actually like Ray and I now talk like as friends and we share how much similarities we did have on the show, like you mentioned earlier. Um, And I felt, I felt like I was very anxious leading up to the reunion because I didn't know how it was going to go. Vanessa and I were not talking. Yoli and I were not talking. Like I just, I felt, I, had, I mean, I was doing a lot of like self-isolating too. Like that was my coping mechanism for a while, but I felt so much 
I felt so much shame at that time going into the reunion because I felt like to a degree, like these people were like the rest of the cast members were, they were linked to me now. And I didn't know what was going to be shown or how it was going to be edited. Like maybe someone that I had like, maybe like Tiff who I had chatted with um, over Instagram and stuff for the past year, like just a little bit and off. I was like, but what if I said something, what if I said something bad about her? I don't remember saying that, but you know, I, I just didn't know mm-hmm. what was going to come out. So I experienced yeah. a lot of shame at that time. And then we, they gave us this like tablet to watch the show before the reunion, but like, we didn't get the, we didn't get the tablet until like 4 PM. So like I stayed up until like four, I think four to four. It took me like 12 hours and like watched the whole show. <gasps> so the, you, uh, all, you, you were all coming super fresh from having seen the final product. Right so then. fresh and so tired. Oh man. Like, cause all of us had stayed up late, you know? And then we yeah. filmed, we filmed the reunion. I would say like around, I would probably around four o'clock that on that Sunday. Anyway. So after I watched the show, I was in a very weird headspace because mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest things that I, had, I immediately felt was just that sense of, I recognized because I had done like all my therapy work, I had recognized that that was Xander during that time of my life. But I felt so much shame for, for, for feeling like that I had like kind of like got myself into that space at all in a, Mm. in a way, like where I was like, man, like I was choosing over and over again, this person that was, telling me through her words and through her actions that she like, yes, she loved me, but she wasn't there for me. Like she was not my, she wasn't supporting me. Like I was supporting her Mm -hmm. and I watched her like break me down. And I realized how, how low, like my self-confidence was like my self-respect, like what you were mentioning with your story. And I just got to this like really dark place actually after the reunion and which is almost, I mean, I had lots of hard times before that too, but after the, after watching the show was the hardest time that I had. Um, And I had actually planned this, this trip for myself after the reunion where I was in a, I um, rented a camping van and I was going to drive to like Big Sur and like up to the Redwoods supposed to be really fun and it ended up not being fun like I you know I I mean it was good and it was like cathartic but I just like cried for miles and miles and miles up highway one and went through all this like I just because because I was alone during that time I just went through every depth and valley of like negative self-talk and how I should have done things differently and how you know like there's all these scenarios so I felt so much shame. And I was, then I was like, oh my gosh, and now everyone's going to watch how like unconfident I was and how like all of these things. And it just, it took a while. It took a while, probably almost like a few weeks before the show aired where I was, that's when I was able to like release a lot of that stuff and, and felt a little bit more like, 
I just have to be grounded in like, that's not who I am anymore. And I have to like re again, find my new self and like feel like that. I'm, I'm different than, than what, what I was, you know, mm-hmm. but man, that was a hard, that was a hard time. I can understand that. I mean, yeah. So it was like, it was really hard not to judge yourself for the place you'd been in at that time. Yeah. 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 And yeah. And it was like that. And then there's, there was of course so much that was not shown. And I would say specifically the, the period of time where Vanessa and I were living together there was so many not great things that happened that weren't shown that were resurfacing for me. Mm. And at the same time, giving me more pieces to the puzzle. Yeah. But it just, it was hard. It was so hard. It looked pretty brutal. I'm not going to lie. I mean, and yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And they did edit it in a way where it, the narrative was very like Vanessa tries to win back Xander's heart and right? by doing all these beautiful present things. And, mm-hmm. and though every time that I feel like that's what I felt like the most out of anything, like I could see myself being in this like funky state. Cause like I said, like I didn't know what was going on in the beginning and then, but then watching our interaction, which like I, I want to, and I do still look back on our relationship as I, she hates when I say this, but like, we had so much fun. Like we really, like we went so many places. We really enjoy each other's company. We had all these things, but like our communication sucked. And along with that, it just made me realize more so that I, I feel like that she was like showcasing me in a way and she was showcasing our relationship. And like now she was doing it so publicly, publicly where it felt to me, and I don't like, I don't love using this word, honestly, because I feel like it's kind of like a, a fad word right now, but like it felt gaslighting for me to feel like that this person that I love is now being like, oh, like, look at all these things that I'm doing for you. Like I'm choosing you now. I'm like, no, you're not like, you're just doing this for this period of time right now. And as soon as we go back home, it's going to change. Did you say that? Like, and they didn't show it. Like, did that come yeah. out in the process? Yeah. Did. Mm-hmm. did she kind of hear that or she wasn't able to really see that? It was like, that was when things got really hard because I want to say to a degree for the first time I was standing up for myself and I was speaking up for myself. And of course, like when you set boundaries, to someone that doesn't that benefits from you not having boundaries it doesn't usually end up very well and it didn't (laughs) it did not end up well and it was really hard it was really hard um so like even like something that kind of keeps coming up too is like in the reunion she like mentioned I don't remember her saying it I think because I was so out of it at the reunion but she said something along the lines of oh like when we got back to Hawaii like we were trying to work things out like which that was not the case at all it wasn't it was it was so it was hard like so okay also like when I was saying things like 
that made it seem like, and I, I understand now like that that's what it looked like, but because of the conversations that weren't shown, it looked like I was trying to agree to be with her, even though I did, I do love her, but like, mm-hmm. it looks like I was trying to like, Oh, like maybe we can still work this out in a way, which I think that it, it does look like that. But we had had so many conversations from the beginning where I was open and honest with her that I said, this is not working for us, like, et cetera, et cetera. Let's try and use this time to navigate a way to form a friendship. Cause like, mm-hmm. to me, I didn't realize like that we actually did need that time and space to be able to figure out how to be friends. But I was like, Oh yeah, like we can just try and we can try and navigate this and be friends. Mm-hmm. And it felt like she was on the same page with me when we would have some of these conversations sometimes. Yeah. So that's, yeah, I think that that's the confusing part is like, I, we were talking about it more of like, let's try and figure out how to um, amicably do this breakup. Yeah. Like that was more the tone. Yeah. Oh man. That, that period of going back just looked so hard and I'm thinking back to where we started about like what you're saying about people relating to like the process you went through. And I definitely, like for me, what it brought up was seeing you with Yoli, which obviously we saw like a, a highly edited picture of what that looked like. I have no idea what it was really like, right. mm-hmm. but I, it brought up for me a feeling of like when you've been in something with its own norms for so long and then suddenly you're thrust into a differential experience where like a discrepant experience where the norms are so different, where you're receiving a different kind of engagement and attention and presence that in addition to whatever you shared with Yoli, like that's just kind of like such a reckoning because you're like, fuck, like this this is not what it had to be like, you know, like the Absolutely. world I was in before. Absolutely. I think that's exactly, and I, I don't want to speak to Yoli, but I feel like that her and I have had enough conversations where I feel like this is going to be like aligned with her as well. But I think both of us were in relationships that we were not, we didn't have the space. It just wasn't the right match. Like we, we weren't able to get what we were needing um, yeah. for, for like a lot of, a lot of different levels. And then when we, when her and I were able to communicate off the bat so well, like a lot of that was to a degree like real, but I don't think that it was in a way that we needed to be together and that we should be together. I think that we were meant to have each other in our lives at that point in time so that we could realize exactly what you're saying is like, Oh, like we don't have to be in these relationships that are not giving us and not fulfilling us. Like we were, we were feeling, I think both of us felt really small in our relationships. And then when we were able to communicate in a way where we were listening to one another and also exactly what you said too, is like, we were also in this very safe space. We were in this like container and like, it also didn't matter to a certain degree. Like I did, I I, I do love Yoli too, but if she, if I like went through this and I like was my most authentic self and then she was like, I don't like you. I'd be like, okay. You know, cause like <laughs> it didn't matter. Like I didn't have this like long history with her. So mm. yeah, it was, it was a, it was an interesting, it was like playing house to a degree, you know, it's like, mm. Oh, like let's, let's try this out, but also let's be our best selves. 
and try and communicate with one another in the best way to, to feel out like, what is it that we actually want and need? Which yeah. is really to what the whole show, I think that's what their motive was. Again, accidentally therapeutic. Accidentally. So yeah. <laughs> that's, re- that's really beautiful though. Like thinking about you both feeling small and the dynamics you were coming from and then having this like reparative and transformative experience around like what would, well, I guess like what you deserve. And it's never really, you know, it's not like, fully the fault of any person like dynamics are co-created exactly. and I just want to be clear about that I know you know that but I'm more I just had an anxiety spiral because I don't want it to sound like I'm blaming any anyone for anything but um yeah sometimes you cannot have what you deserve with someone even though they can right. have it with someone else and you can have it with someone else it's just wild yeah and that's what I feel like too is like both you and I did have so much respect actually for, well, I feel like I had respect for, for both <laughs> parties. <laughs> I feel, and, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then Yoli, and then Yoli had respect for, for Mal for sure. But, um, I, I do feel like that I, like Mal is such an amazing person and, and mm. I jokingly, but also like Yoli and I really were kind of, we were like, well, what if, what would it look like if we did all three try to be together or something? Cause I, I just like, I respect Mal so much. Like, I think that, that she's amazing, but to what you're saying as well is I feel like sometimes even if astrologically or whatever it is, like these like connections that we have can be so strong. There's also events and situations in our life that have happened. And I don't think that necessarily they can always be repaired in a way. So I think that you know, there's, there's certain things where you're just like, this is, this is what we got. And then now we're going to learn from it and kind of move forward with whatever direction. I mean, it sounds from what you just said that maybe you weren't, but like, were you kind of like, were you hoping in that moment of yourself on the show to like leave with Yoli? Like, is that what you wanted? No, I actually didn't. And like, that's the other confusing part too. I will definitely say, I mean, I was deaf. I was hundred percent like heart eyes, like in my like lover boy stage. Right. Like, because I had had yeah. all, I had all these feelings, but I really did. I was very honest. Like, I think it was like towards the last episode or something where I basically was telling her, I just want you to do what's best for you. And mm-hmm. I wanted her to be able to make that decision. I didn't, I didn't feel like that we needed to leave together. I, we were also had a lot of conversations. Like if her and I did end up dating down the road, we still needed to get create distance and space to heal from our past relationships. So, and that felt comfortable. Um, but it's also hard to do. I don't feel like that. I wanted to actually like leave with her. Mm -hmm. I just wanted her to. Yeah. Be like take care of herself and be exactly good on yeah. Her own. Yeah. Which makes sense because you were on that journey with yourself. Like exactly. Yeah. And I think it was very evident to me, even just seeing because we were all living in like one um apartment complex. Like I would see her and Mao out and stuff. And of course, like I would I was sharing stories about my past relationship. She was sharing stories about her past relationship. And it just it just seemed like I felt a different energy around her and she mm. speak, she spoke to that as well too. So I'm like, 
I know how you can feel. And like, I know how I feel when I feel in this like safe space too, which doesn't mean that it's like, we were, again, we were in like, we were in kind of this like container. So I don't know what it would have been like in the real world outside of that. Like if we would have still felt that same way, but I think it's beautiful that we were able to feel that way in that space and that it does give me hope to feel like that I can feel that with someone. I feel like that's part of what people really loved just on the more topical let the topical component about the show is like you two like it's a very intoxicating to observe the like new relationship energy like it's adorable and it's like that only lasts for so long so most people aren't in it (laughs) yeah and it's like to see that between like two queer people in an in on netflix like it was just kind of like this is so this is delightful (laughs) yeah yeah Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that story. I feel like that's so real. I cannot imagine having to watch like the thing that scares me the most, even just with my social media presence, which is very controlled and curated by me, is like it being exposed. Like vulnerability is very hard for me. So like whenever I feel exposed as like my very real self, it's really uncomfortable. And I mean, mm-hmm. but also it's like what I want more than anything in the world. Like that's kind of like my personal thing, my little tension that I'm always in. But I feel like that's so huge to have no choice at that point, but to have to like have the you that you were at a difficult time be exposed to you and then the fucking world. And then have to get to that moment of kind of like, I know the truth of like my own journey and that whatever people think about me, like I know who I am now and it's okay to be messy and like where I was then. Yep. That's so hard. I really respect like that you've, you're like doing okay with all of that because (laughs) it sounds really like part of me thinks I would escape to a cave. Like it just sounds really scary. I'm not, I'm not staying in Hawaii for no reason. I, <laughs> I feel very much like this is my cave. <laughs> totally. Totally. That makes sense. That's good. Yes. Are you from Hawaii? No, I'm from North Carolina. Oh, you are. Okay. I thought I heard a little Southern something. A little, little Southern accent. Yeah. It comes out time to yeah. time. I've tried to like, yeah. that's something I've tried to suppress a little bit, but <laughs> it comes out. <laughs> why? Now, why would you want to suppress that? I don't know. I've it's since I was a kid, I heard my mom, which is like, I love her so much. And it's like very endearing now, but I hear, I would hear like this, like the Southern accent. And like, to me as a child, like what I felt like was like not pronounced correctly or like, Mm -hmm. or how people spoke to other people. And like, to me, like the Southern people are very nice, but there's also like a fakeness to it. And I picked up Mm -hmm. on it that energy and I was like, I'm not going to be that way. I'm going to be different. I'm going to have this very neutral, <laughs> neutral, like style of communicating. And it, I don't know. It's just, it's a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of like constructing yourself in opposition to your parents in this certain way or to the culture in which you're raised. It's so normal to do that. I have my ways yeah. of having done that also. Right. Okay. I don't want to take too much more of your time. A couple last quick questions. 
if your shame was embodied into like an animal creature, any kind of figure, like concretized, what's the first thing that pops into your mind? Okay, if my shame was an animal or anything, like, like anything that's like kind of embodied, like an animal, like how like about just a concretized a mushroom? Yeah. Okay, tell me about the mushroom. So, I've <laughs> I love mushrooms. Like I feel like that they. So there's like this really actually good like documentary on Netflix, but we essentially kind of all are from mushrooms to a certain degree because we like come back from them. Like once Mm -hmm. we're like, if we're in the ground and then they grow from, from that. So to me, like it feels like that they can grow in really rough, hard places. And that's, that's what I feel like that I've done. Like, I feel like I've been able to like, Mm grow in so many different like I've grown in maybe places that were sunny like and like when I'm having like sunny days and then I've grown during the times that felt like where I was kind of like dead inside in a way yeah so that's that's the first thing that comes to mind which is maybe a little bit weird but no it's great so wait, you know what? So is it kind of like you are the mushroom and the environment is the shame? Yes. Yes. That's more what that is. Yeah. And like you just keep on thriving, like in all yeah. of this, like different kinds of- All the chaos. Lo- logs and swamps and whatnot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and yeah. beautiful like, days and all of it. It could- it could rain for a week straight and I'm probably still going to like, you know, maybe I just grow like this much and then yeah. there's a sunny day and then I'll have a little bit more. I love it. I also have to tell you that when you said mushroom and we started talking about it, I had a flash of a crazy dream I had last night about mushrooms. No and it way. Was, yeah, yes. Like I could not make this up. I dreamt that I took off my shoes and mushrooms of many colors were growing out of the bottoms of my feet and then I kept like slicing them off and they would pop back up what does it mean (laughs) I think that I think that means you're like growing like now I'm also like thinking of like an astronaut like the mushrooms are just like propelling you like into oh my god Maybe. And like, but why am I trying to cut them off though that's a really like the thing to oh maybe you should stop doing that I think I should Yeah, you should just let them grow. I think I should just let them grow. Okay. (laughs) This is, I'm going to be thinking about this for the rest of the day. Is there anything that we talked about that you said that I said that as we were talking made you have a little like shame spirally feeling or that you think could if you're debriefing our conversation alone on your own later? Mm, I mean, I do something that I have been. I go through like little like waves about it. Like even like when I know that I'm having maybe like some negative thoughts or feelings about the show or my past relationship, I still, I still want to make sure that like to everyone, like I want I like it to be known that I don't have hard feelings necessarily, even though that there's like still like just of, of course, like I think some people's on um, the cast members, some of their things that were very difficult um emotionally physically etc like were shown or talked about 
mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not sharing everything, which I don't think that it needs to be, but I also don't feel negativity towards Vanessa or towards the show. And I think that that's like something that I want to make sure that I'm, I'm clear about because I can like talk about things and I can rehash things um, and talk about some of the like dirty environments and like not great places. But the thing is, is like I ha- I've witnessed growth in all of the cast members and Vanessa and in myself. And like, I would love for that to be like the focus of, of most yeah. things is like, yeah, there's like, cause we, I guess kind of even like what I was saying in the show. So I guess I'm not really like that different from what, when I was back then too, but I think that we get very lost in like, of course, because it is a reality show, like we get lost in like the drama and like the, yeah, some of the things that were shown, things like that. But ultimately the goal is for us to just like be better than who we were yesterday. And I feel like I see that in everyone. I think, I think that that's clear. And just to like reflect back to you, like, I don't think in any point during our conversation did it have the vibe of like you talking shit or about the show or about anybody you know like that's just not the tone and you acknowledging like some messiness or some things that aren't awesome is not the same as talking shit you know yeah true true true. it's okay to like acknowledge the reality I had a little I'm going to share with you a, a little shame spiral that I'm having because this must be my therapist self inside but like I felt very um focused and dedicated like when I knew that we were going to meet to not create any kind of like gross sensationalizing feeling around like talking with you about all of this um I think because I just feel like empathy for <laughs> the way that you're probably going through that but yeah. I also feel like that it's it was a little hard for me to discern like making sure I'm not doing that versus like my just genuine like interest and curiosity about you and all the things that you experienced around the show. Um, so I hope it didn't feel that way. No, I feel, I feel so appreciative. Like, and I, I feel that we could also like continue talking for like another, like two or three hours about a lot of this stuff. And totally. (laughs) I, I'm so appreciative, honestly, for anyone that, will listen and like that gives me like that space and and also like that to like you know a complete stranger like you are like where you still fear feel that like curiosity in in it and I pre- I'm appreciative of that because I want to mm. share and I want to yeah you know it's just like I mean it's the same for you like I like I would love to hear like more of your story as well too even though I know it's like not what this particular <laughs> That's not what this is about. Things about okay. Yeah, right. No. Yeah. We're talking about you. <laughs> this but, is no, why really, this I, is, I, that's why I have a background as a therapist. I'm so much more comfortable <laughs> asking people about their stories. <laughs> right. But I I imagine that like you probably take some of the stuff like you were saying, like you take probably stuff that I'm saying and you reflect on it and then you are maybe using it for like your own experience too, which oh, is cool. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, that's like what I do, like when I like read books and like listening, listening to all my clients, I'm taking bits and pieces of what they've learned in their life so I can apply it in mine. I feel like if you're really like a relational person and you're taking in the people around you, that's what can happen. You know? Yeah. You said something a while ago about at this point in your career as a physical therapist, if a client is like, 
I don't, I don't think so. You're kind of like, okay, peace. And I just want to yeah. say that I so relate to that and haven't really <laughs> talked about it with anyone. How long have you been practicing as a physical therapist? For going on six years now. Yeah. So you're like, you're pretty deep in. I only have a very small practice now, but I feel like at about 10 years of working as a therapist, something shifted for me where like, especially when I got into comedy and it became a weird thing that's more a parallel to what I asked you. Like if people have feelings or don't like the fact that I have like multiple careers, one of which is public, I'm totally like, I get that. And I, I'm like, I love that for you. And good luck finding someone else. <laughs> like yeah, I just, exactly. I feel I'm so like, comfortable with that in a way I couldn't at the beginning. Cause it was like, it meant so much to me. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. I feel like my, there's a lot, of course, like being like a new clinician and like trying to find my way in that world. Yeah. There was so much ego there. And now I'm just like, Ooh, feels like we're not a good fit then. <laughs> I really hope the best for you. <laughs> Totally. (laughs) Because also at that point in your career, you know, too, you're like, if you're already not comfortable with this, or you feel like I can't give you what you need, you need someone who you can pretend doesn't exist in the world, for instance. Right. Go have it. Go have it. I don't need you. And you don't need me. (laughs) No. And at this point, like, like you're saying, too, because this is like how I feel about like any relationship where it's like, yeah. I do want people the best for people, like just in general. And if they're not getting from it, it from me, that's fine. I know. I'm not for everyone. I know. Please go, go find it. Go find don't, it. Don't, but also like, don't sit here and tell me the reasons why I'm not. Cause I don't need to know. A hundred percent. I know. <laughs> How do you feel right now as we're ending? Uh, I feel good. Um, I, I do have, I think I hear my client out there. So I will have to like try and wrap this up at some point, but okay, let's wrap it up now. But I don't want, but I don't want to. Your client. I don't, I don't want to at all. Um, <laughs> I know, no, I'm feeling, I'm feeling a good conversation. I know we are. No, but I'm having, I, I feel like this was just so beautiful. Like I really appreciate and I feel like that your questions and like how you communicate and everything is just so thoughtful and it's, yeah, it's just like very evident. And I really enjoyed like, just like this time with you and like the opportunity to, to share my story. Oh, I'm so glad. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Shame Spiral. You can follow the pod at Pod Shame Spiral on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and all the usual places. This episode was edited by myself and Sarah Gabrielli. And original music was by Shadwick Wild. Please keep listening and rate and review if you're feeling generous. I have so many exciting guests lined up for our season. Thank you again for joining us and spiral on, but not too much, okay? 